0: luminaries talking to the brightest minds in tech.
1: And my hope is that we come together to share more than technology and expertise and products, but that we share a vision of a future that is better than today, a vision of technology as the driver of human
2: progress.
0: Your hosts are Mark Schaefer
2: and Douglas Carr. Welcome everyone to another episode of Luminaries. This is Mark Schaefer with my, like, super fun co-host Douglas Carr, a.k.a. Dougie, baby. How you doing, Doug? <laughs>
1: I'm doing well. How are you, sir?
2: Doug, you know, I've never really asked you this before. Do, do you like sports? Are you a sporting kind of guy?
1: I used to be a sports guy. Now I'm kind of a hiking guy. So, yeah?
2: Yeah. What are some of your favorite sports?
1: Uh, I played football and, and uh, broke my knee playing football, and then I wrestled. Oh, really? And I loved wrestling.
2: Well, you know, I love sports. I love all kinds of sports. And here is one of my favorite sounds in the world of sports. Goal. <laughs> We're going to talk all about goals today <laughs> How was that you... <laughs> Daniel? I'm turning to my guest here He has the, a look on his face that is absolutely priceless So Daniel Marshwinski. <laughs> yep Yeah, so how'd you like it? How'd they do? And that was quite good for uh, a non-professional <laughs> That's awesome, I'll take it, I'll take it so uh, so how does it go? How should it go?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I can do it, but I think uh, the end was maybe the voice was going out a little bit, so you need a little bit more breath. Huh? Well,
2: yeah. Okay. Or you
0: know the the, the guys in uh, in Brazil and Mexico, they are all more like go go, go 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 go. So you might have done something like this because you get more breath into your I'm lungs. learning
2: so. so much already, and the people that are listening today saying, "What the hell is going on <laughs> <Yeah>. here? <laughs> what are these guys talking about today?" We are going to be talking about goals, lots and lots and lots of goals, right? So you are uh, an entrepreneur, and uh, I believe that your company is based in Germany. Yeah. Is that right? Tell us about goal control. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Goal Control is a company that provides uh, uh, goal
0: line technology. That means, uh, to say it very easy, we can help the referee to say is it a goal or not. Uh, for that we have seven cameras throughout each goal with uh, 400 frames per second that are filming, the, yeah, the, filming the, the situation over there in the 60 meter box and uh, we combine all these pictures together to a 3D application so that we can see if a ball crosses the, the goal line or not. And um, we have an accuracy around 5 millimeters, what is quite good and uh, everything happens happens in real time, so that in less than one second we are able to help the referee to say it's goal or it's not a goal.
2: And now your partner in this is a former professional soccer player, is that
0: right? Exactly. Uh, we are owned by, uh, by a soccer player. His name is uh, Simon Rolfes. He is uh, a national player from the Germany, and uh, yeah, he's quite well known over there in Europe. Mm-hmm. Not that much in America because uh, you're more on football than soccer, but uh, mm-hmm. if you see them, you might like him.
2: Well, I, I actually watched some of his YouTube highlights, and w- it's like, wow, <laughs> he has some really great goals.
0: Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a yeah. good guy. He was the team captain for a very long time from, uh, from his team in the German Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen, so uh, it helps a lot, and it's good because he has all the contacts all over the world to, to the football world, so that makes things for us much easier at the end of the day.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how, what was kind of the, the, the spark of the idea for, for the company?
0: See, uh, at the end of the day, I think there are two milestones that brought us where we are at the end of the day. There was a Wembley goal, of course, where people the first time said, hey, it was a clear goal or not a goal. Uh, it's still a discussion, uh, as a German, you know our uh, opinion yeah. about that. Uh, and then we had, in uh, 2010, even the more important goal for, for Germany. It was uh, Germany against Frank Lampert or against England at the end of the day, in South Africa. And uh, as a German, I have to say, it was a clear non-goal, just the, the goal line was not straight, but uh, no, uh, it's a joke, it was clear in there, it was around 50 centimeters behind the goal line, and the referee didn't saw it. So there was a starting point where the FIFA uh, decided, hey, we have to do something, we have to help the referee to make the call if it's not a goal or if it's a goal. Uh, think about sports get much faster in the last 15 years uh, and uh, and also the audience grow up more so more people are looking at it and you have more eyes on the situation. So um, that are the most ma- the big milestones why we implemented that thing and uh, so the biggest thing for us, for goal control was that we were the first company that has done goal line technology in the world championships so 2014 for the FIFA World Cup in Brazil. We were the official provider for goal line technology. And uh, we made two important decisions over there. The first was France against Honduras. There was the first goal that ever was done with goal line technology. And we threw out the Italian guys, it was always nice for Germans. Huh? Because uh, the the, the love goal you, didn't score. Love you Italy, don't we love you, Italy.
2: <laughs> so so did I hear you correctly? did the idea come from FIFA? They're saying we need help?
0: Yeah, the idea came from the the football industry, of course. In the same time, we thought, is there a solution to do that? And uh, the former owners of the company, the company that provided uh, a video-based detection of objects already, so they decided, uh, for example, for for a dish or for a dinner plate, is there a bubble from the construction or from the building it in there? And they have uh, put several cameras there to check every single plate if there is something wrong with that or still everything is okay and from this idea they said, hey if we can detect a mistake on a plate we might be also able to see a ball
1: yeah? yeah, and
0: uh, it, it it sounds so easy at the end of the day, yeah, but it is quite difficult. Yeah? It's a uh, it's a really really difficult technology at the end of the day. So there are only two providers worldwide that got the license to do that, and there was an application phase where I have been around fifteen guys wants to do it, and only two got it for such an easy thing. Goal or non-goal?
1: Well, let's let's talk about such an easy thing. Goal, non-goal. So you've got a round ball.
0: Most and, of the time.
1: And, and then you've got a goal line. So at what point is it a goal?
0: That's a very good one. Uh, I had the discussion over there in our booth uh, yesterday and also today, and some of you say oh, it's absolutely clear to me when it's a goal or not a goal. Huh? And um, it's not. Even in countries where football is very famous, people don't know that the whole ball has to cross the whole line. Okay. Only then it's a goal. Like in tennis, for example, if there is a millimeter on the line, it's still in. Yeah, and for us, it's exactly the opposite It has to be completely over the line to make and score a goal. And this is a lot of times quite difficult to see, even if there is a fourth or f- uh, fifth referee that is standing on the goal line.
1: Right, right. And, and, and then let's paint that picture. So you've got an entire stadium full of people. You can't pause the game. You can't, you can't sit and wait and wait for the, the riots to erupt, right? You've got to be incredibly fast with the results of this.
0: Exactly. And that is uh, the biggest story at the end of the day that we have there. Uh, like I say before, everything is done in real time. So in less than one second, the referee will get a signal on his watch when the ball crosses the goal line. Wow. And, uh, if you compare it to, to, uh, to a hot topic in Europe at the moment where everybody's talking about, that is a VAR. What is a video assistant referee? Uh, this is where uh, at least you can see, is it an offside, somebody hits the ball with his hand, was it a fall or something like this. This always interrupts the match you know, because they have to check it. And our benefit in our USB is that we can say, okay, you just get in less than one second a signal on your watch so it doesn't interrupt the game. And that is, is, is the biggest thing for the, for the audience in the stadium. Okay, you are celebrating a goal already and then the guy is coming with his fingers to his headset or his earplug <laughs> and right. is checking it. <laughs> And, and after two minutes, they say, yeah, no, it's not a goal, sorry. Yeah. So uh, this is not really nice for the audience in the stadium because they don't know why and stuff like that. And this is a big discussion over there in the, in the European market at the moment. And uh, our benefit is we don't have that shit. We just give you the signal it's in or it's not out. Easy decision, hard calculation behind that.
2: Yeah. Wow. So, so what does it look like? I mean, tell us about how this is set up with the, with the cameras.
0: Yeah, we have uh, on each goal seven cameras. They are normally quite high in the stadium. So, uh, if possible, and there is a, cat, a catwalk, we will put them on the catwalk, so that you have a quite big angle on the ground, so that not um, yeah the players can hide the view on the camera on, on the ball. At the end of the day, that is why we're going much quite high over there. In general to make uh, a decision or a 3D position of the ball we just need two cameras but it's always that, uh, how should I say that, we have one big problem in football there or for our system there are humans on the space so we right. have to be careful with that so um, we, we, are, we don't have all the time when we would have just two cameras a possibility to see it so we add seven cameras so that we have a 99.9% of the that we would definitely get uh, two cameras that are seeing the ball in the right angle yeah and uh, all of them are connected with uh, with high speed uh, fiber connections uh, so that we have a, a big calculation center where everything comes together and now that is a clue with that um, we had a calculation center that was eight servers on each camera uh, on each uh, goal so we had a van with two tons of technology in there just to do the calculation wow. and now with Dell we 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 found some solutions how we can yeah Shrink that together eh, to get lean. Eh? I know lean is a big thing in, in, in IT and administration over there. So for us also, yeah. So what we did, we came from CPU-based calculation processes to GPU-based calculation, and this makes it much easier and much uh, much faster for us. And uh, it's the first time that somebody implemented AI and machine learning also into football. So we are in the past. We have just watched out for a round surface like you say, huh? So but you know there are some guys that might lost their hairs because they're older or <laughs> they they drank something wrong, I don't know. And they lost their hairs. So it can be in one out of hundred thousand cases that maybe the system will detect the, the ball or the bald guy as a ball. And he's going into the goal, and it could give him a signal that it's a a goal. So we decided to integrate artificial intelligence. So we are checking, is it a ball, yes or not. And only if it's a ball, we will detect it and we will follow this one. We will track it and see if it's going on there. And um, now we're able, and that is maybe a very cool news for, for everybody, we have just one precision workstation there, a small workstation like a personal le- computer, wow. and the system is running on this computer. So we have three of them. We don't need much space longer, more in the stadium, and um,
2: it, it is becoming a real plug and play solution now. Wow, mm. that's amazing. And so, so what about, um, configuration of the stadium or or weather? I mean, do you run into problems with, with foggy or rainy conditions?
0: Yeah, that is a, that's a very good one. Um, of course, think about it. It is a camera-based system. It's a video system. So if you are sitting in the stadium and you can't see anything because uh, there is a firework in there, how should a camera see it? Uh, no. It's exactly the same. So uh, normally, snow, rain, wind is not interfer- interfering our system. We don't have see a impact on that one. Um, but if there is some, some dust in the stadium or fireworks will be there, this might have an impact on that, and we have to say, sorry, the system is not working on that one at the moment.
1: Uh, interesting. Now, it's interesting, you guys went from a camera-based system instead of a ball-based system. Was that to keep the ball perfect? You didn't want to touch the...
0: Yeah. See, at the end of the day, if you put something into the ball, it might interfere also the ball. So it might not go straight and stuff like that, and people don't like that, or what happened if somebody is throwing, on, uh, throwing in the wrong ball, so it is not longer more possible to t- detect it and what we say, and what also the FIFA said is that it's super important that the character of the game and even of the yeah how to say that of the environment over there, so the the pitch with the goals and everything will not be touched, and the only possible to do, that, a possibility to do that, is just to have cameras as far away as possible. Yeah. So we also had ideas about integrating cameras into into the goal frame. But think about it, somebody's hitting the goal frame with a ball with 150 kilometers per hour. I'm not an expert, but I would say it will definitely make some something broken in the frame. So yeah. that might be the mirror, or maybe the yeah. camera is broken. Even the, not for that. Yeah. And even the vibration. Yeah. Even the vibration. We yeah. see that even if somebody is jumping on the stage, huh? So on the stands, we see that this infects the camera. Wow. So what we have implement over there is that we have, uh, yeah, like a filter that is uh, filtering out the vibrations over there automatically. <laughs>
2: Wow. So uh, it's an interesting point because you're talking about really the purity of the, the pitch and the, the environment. And it, you know, it's a beautiful game. It's, it's, it's you know, such a human uh, game. And just like in America, there's a lot of passion that goes along with this sports. And every time there's a technological intervention in one of our sporting events, the, there's an outcry from the purists You're taking away part of the game. So are you facing something like that, and, and uh, is it well accepted now?
0: Uh, absolutely. We, we have exactly the same problems. Okay? They think you destroy the game. What is Sorry to say that, just not true. We make it just a little bit more fair. And um, in our case, I think it was not the, so big, yeah, the, the problem over there, because they saw, okay, it's not stopping the game at all. Yeah, when it's just uh, one second and we're getting the signal. Mm-hmm. But in general, in, in, in football, uh, implementing technology is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the FIFA, the UEFA, quite old guys are sitting there. Uh, it is like you, a lot of people think about that and make decisions and they're maybe not so so friendly against innovation. So, um, yeah, it, it's quite difficult.
2: Yeah, we're facing a lot of problems over there. How, how did you even prove it? I mean, what, because this is like this is something completely new it's never been done before so like what what did FIFA say you've got to what? Did you have someone just like kick goals for a week through the goal? I mean, how, how do you prove this thing?
0: The system. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. In general, everybody who wants to, to provide technology in, in the world of sports or the world of football has to get a, fi- uh, a FIFA license for that. And you have a, a license agreement where they say what has to be done so that you get it at the end of the day. This is done by, uh, by an external um, test institute, and uh, they will do several tests on it. They will do, uh, like you say, some shots on the goal, maybe not a week, but uh, a few hours. They will run with the ball in their hands into the goal, um, uh, several things that they would test over there to see if the system was working or not. And only if you get this license, uh, you are allowed to install the technology in a stadium, and then you have to do a so-called fit test, what is final installation test, uh, where you're getting a certificate for each stadium, for each ball for one year. So it's quite a big uh, investment also uh, to, to, to certify every single stadium, every single system. But this gives you uh, the comfort or the freedom that the system is working quite well over there. Uh, but even then, there might be going something wrong because there are just humans uh, using the system. So you have to adjust the brightness, the colors, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah,
2: there yeah, are so some tests. You, Yeah, you really need a very skilled operator at every single game.
0: Uh, Yes, uh, we need that, but uh, we are working now on something more like, that's my vision, okay, and uh, that's maybe an important thing. My vision is that we're coming to a stage where there's a green and a red button, okay, that is where I want to come. So everything will be referenced automatically and it's just uh, even a dumb person can just go there, push the green or red button. At least he can see colors, yeah? So maybe we should also say play and stop on it or something like this. Yeah, but uh, oh, then he yes, probably can't read. My, uh, I forgot that. Maybe we should put some symbols on it. So, yeah, but we can put something on there and it's just start or stop, plug and play. Nobody has to operate it longer more. This is, this is where we want to come. I don't know when we will come there, but we will definitely come there. First step will to use it remote and then maybe someday we will come to the green and red button.
1: You're, uh, the solution is described as 4D, um, so not, not. I have
0: no idea why. It's just marketing. <laughs> no, it's, a, it, it's quite easy because we are using the XYZ coordinate and time. Okay. So that is why we call it 4D. That so we can sense. say to any single moment where in the 3D room the ball is. So that's why it's 4D. Well, come on, honest, uh, hand on my heart, I don't like the name. Yeah. <laughs> It's not cool enough. We should yeah. call it Iron Man Three or Four, something like this, yeah, so that people love it. Mark,
2: strong name. Mark, yeah, the Mark Four. Yeah, I love it. You know, the, yeah. the Mark Three, the camera model from. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll license it to you. We'll talk about we'll talk about it after that, that after the podcast.
1: <laughs>
2: so I'm a big uh, I'm a big baseball fan, and there's a lot of people in baseball that would love to have something like you have for baseball for the strike zone. Are you starting to think about other types of sports? Yes, of course. So we have already two years ago the possibility
0: to present our system to the NBA, where we tracked the ball over the full field and see how it's going on there. And it's quite difficult because it's a brown ball and some of the players might be a little bit brown from their color. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a tough thing to do that. But we were able to track the ball over the whole field over there. And um, definitely when we have implemented now our new technology with AI and uh, machine learning in there, next steps will will definitely be going uh, looking at basketball, baseball also. I learned today baseball is the biggest sport in America and the most famous one I always thought it's basketball but it's baseball and um, wow we are more than happy to to help these guys over there so that should just come to us and we we start uh, the conversation over there yeah. so if you hear us we are happy yeah. <laughs> i will give you my number later on see
2: in uh, so, so here you talked about the 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 tipping point for you was the wembley goal i think yeah. okay so in a baseball game, we have the Wembley goal every single day. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Here we go. Huh? Even the announcers were like, that was not a strike. How could they have called that a strike? Yeah. And the players are stomping up and down. That happens every game, every day. Every team plays 162 games. And so there is an infinite opportunity for you, sir. We go for that. Yeah, Let's start this conversation later on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one one last question about the technology. So you said that there's seven cameras that are that are put within the stadium yeah. um, that are seeing obviously a great distance. It's a fiber connection to communicate with them. What kind of resolutions and data is getting past it?
0: It's a quite high uh, amount of data that are going there. Um, okay. I, I can't tell you yeah. how much it is completely. I can tell you if you would save all the video data from one match without detecting the ball on it, just the video data it would be around 50 terabytes per what? half so it means 100 terabytes of data that are going around there on each match wow so we had a discussion with the Dell guys already if they have storage solution for that and uh, yeah we will go ahead with it wow. so for the moment we're just saving the time where there is action and a goal is coming or the quite close to the goal situation that will be a no goal everything else we are not storing at the moment because we can't but uh, think about it: we have uh, 400 frames per second on each camera Seven cameras on each goal, 14 cameras in total. It's a, a huge amount of, uh, of data that is going around there. And everything is in real time.
1: Right. The, and the decision is in
2: real time. real time. And you mentioned that FIFA really has – there's lots of competitors trying to get in. this. FIFA has only approved two, I think yes. you said. So, um, you know, you're really on to something here. So what are you doing to drive your company to stay ahead, to – make sure that you are the preferred solution?
0: Yeah, it's just uh, an easy word, it's innovation, okay? And uh, we, we want to, to, to innovate, and we want to be the, the best one in this, uh, in this field. And, and for this, we need partners, good partners like Dell, for example. I, I told already that whole day the story that uh, we need uh, a precision workstation, but with a very special configuration that nobody else would ever use. It's still everyday components, but how they are combined, it's not normal. So what has Dell done? They implemented our computer that we need, nobody else in the world will need it in their normal programs, so that we can order it to any time. So and that's amazing. Yeah, uh, that's really good. So innovations are super important for us and to have a look at the newest technology like AI and the machine learning. That is where, why we want to keep, uh, keep ahead. And uh, of course, what is um, an important thing for us, where we're working on is to give, uh, yeah, yeah, a cashback on it. Let's say it this way: at the moment, it just costs money to to a league or to a stadium or a club, or whatever. If he, he's able to earn money with
2: that, it becomes more interesting for them. Oh, that is interesting. So, so what is your monetization? Is it is it the installation? Is it a, 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 a license? Is it per game, or how does that work for oh, you? Oh, what we are normally doing, we are selling our
0: system. What is a one-time shot, and then we have a, a yearly license fee on it, and uh, of course the cost for installation and operating the system. But uh, keep in mind, we want to go to the green and red buttons version, then nobody is longer more needed to to operate it. So that are the costs that are coming up there, and uh, that we have there. So you can say. Um, Per year, per club, if it's a league, it will be around 150 to $200,000 uh, for the system, yeah. What is quite okay compared to space shuttle. Been- yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> and people probably love the sport as much as the space shuttle, so there. What's there to complain about? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, this has been absolutely uh, fascinating. Um, so if our listeners want to learn more about you and what you're doing with Goal Control, what's the best way to find you on the web and kind of follow your progress?
0: Yeah, they can go just to our homepage and have a look at this one. Uh, we are also quite active on, on Facebook and, and Twitter. Uh, we are starting now Twitter, but uh, we will go ahead with that. But have a look at our homepage, and they will see some videos, nice materials over there, uh, how, how it works and uh, what we did before already.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting. A super fun interview. And thanks to all of you for listening to Luminaries. We appreciate every one of you. Thank you for uh, your uh, your loyalty. You've made us one of the top 1% of all business podcasts. So we really appreciate that. This is Mark Schaefer. And on behalf of Doug Carr, my co-host, we thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on Luminaries.
0: Luminaries. Talking to the Brightest Minds in Tech, a podcast series from Dell Technologies.